All right. Welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast, everybody. It is wonderful to be back. On today's episode, I am joined by my good friend, Jess Stemak. Uh, going to be talking all about uh, pretty much everything Phil Mickelson for the first half or maybe even the first two-thirds of the podcast. Just trying to think about this whole situation going with Phil Mickelson and professional golf from a few different angles, um, given there was just so much stuff going on last week. So uh, we cover that pretty extensively, uh, along with a few other things with the professional game, talk a little high school golf, and finish up with a couple updates regarding what's going on at Bennett Valley Golf Course in Santa Rosa. Uh, but before we get to the podcast, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by SuaveGolf.com. Uh, you can find some very nice, uh, very comfy swag, you know, some uh, some really nice golfing crew necks that uh, I've wear almost every single day they are fabulous and then we're going to have some new golf trips posted there in the next couple of weeks uh they're going to be taking place here in northern california this year uh and then i'll let you guys know when in fact we're going to be dropping the 2023 calendar of events which just saying right now it's going to be fucking epic all right with that let's get to today's podcast everybody without any further ado let's go all right we're back mr Stemak. it is really nice to be with you man how, how, how are you doing you know back in the dojo feels good um has anything happened in uh the world of golf since we got together a couple weeks hey, how about ago? this weather Weather, pretty good. A little rainy in Florida, from what I understand, uh, over the just, weekend. Just on the last hole. <laughs> just on the last hole. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, I was just having dinner with somebody tonight, and uh, he's, a, he's a big golfer as well. And he was talking about going on a golf trip to, like, the Midwest. And I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know if you could play there right now. I was like, why would you play anywhere else other than here right now? I mean, we'd... Where are you going, guys? It's 70 <laughs> degrees today. <laughs> uh, yeah, February in Northern California is turning out to be pretty nice. It's been a great month. Pretty nice. Probably even a little warmer down south. But um, anyway, that is probably one of the biggest stores in golf. Yeah. The, the weather has been very, very nice. Um, Phil Mickelson has been in the news. Have you heard? Uh, just uh, here and there. <laughs> All right. So Is he completely canceled? I, 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 I want to get into that a little more. So <laughs> I we did not record a podcast last week, like in the days right after the whole golf world got basically just covered in you know gas and lit on fire yeah um and i actually think that might have been a good thing just in terms of having a little bit more time to process everything a lot of things have happened to phil himself mm-hmm. in the last week um so for anybody that's not familiar i'm going to do it very briefly because i can't imagine that more than five yeah. percent of the people listening aren't you know phil mickelson you know came out in a i think what you would characterize as a explosive interview uh that he did with alan shipnuck for an unofficial yep. biography that shipnuck is uh, penning and this took, you know, this interview happened last uh, uh, last fall. But essentially, Phil Mickelson's like, yeah, I'm basically just helping trying to get everybody over to the Saudi Golf League because it's great leverage. Saudis are totally evil people. You know, said on record that you know they're the ones that killed Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know, just like they're just terrible, evil, like crazy people. But he's working with them anyway because, like, you know, and for the lack of a better term, rephrase, like, you know, fuck the PGA Tour. You know, that, that and this all came out and it went crazy. All the guys that had supposedly, you know, verbally committed to go join this breakaway golf league that is funded by the government of Saudi Arabia. It's a bombshell. They, you know, these Phil comments come out and immediately the top names. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that were suspected to, to <laughs> bolt, including Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau. They come out with statements saying they're sticking around, at least for now. It, very yeah. kind of some watery, lame comments if you're looking for pretty you know, murky. So yeah, very murky, and um, and then basically Phil proceeded to just get canceled. You know, he, yeah, like I he, mean, he's, uh, he's staying still. Light KPMG Callaway said they're kind of his ho- lifetime putting, agreement with Callaway has been hold. put on hold. Um, he is no longer the sponsor of the American Express. The big one, the big one that hurts, I think, is Anstel Light, Mitzen in Maine, the goofy dancing commercials. Ah, that's too bad. Uh, that, that's that's gonna be missed. <laughs> that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah, uh, Phil, poor Phil. Uh, but uh, I think uh, 
you know, I think it's even Alan Shipnick on Twitter is like coming to Phil's defense. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not like Phil is launching missiles for the Saudis. Basically like everyone mis missteps. Like Alan is defending Phil Tanaki canceled. And he's the one that there's animosity there because, you know, Phil said the off the record comments and kind of everyone close to the fire pit collective, knew that they were not off the record yeah they were not so, they were not on the wrong and, and Shipnuck was on top of this i mean he's one of the best riders in all of golf if you want like i watched him at, you know on the no laying up thing the uh tourist uh tourist sauce california trip and they go out to mpcc with him and he's in the car and he's just got a personality where it's like that guy doesn't have a bit of shade it, the, he's not shady at all alan Shipnuck is one of the good guys yeah 100 very much so has been for a long time mm -hmm. yeah so phil kind of his apologies were were not even apologies it's like his apologies were angles of why he did what he, like he, he has there's zero remorse like when he's not making 40 mil off the course there might be some remorse i should have been more prepared uh for this podcast because it has been a little while ago but there were some unbelievable tweets breaking down yeah the the contact you know the context and the content oh the no apology. guys just went after him it was sean i mean th those guys and to the i mean hey can't pick sides right i mean it's it is what it is we know what we heard so it's phil's got to move on and it's for him he's lucky that he's kind of at the twilight of his career but the guy just we keep the guy just won a major so he's still still very in the mix well i think that's what's and again, there's so many like angles on this that I kind of want to ask you about and cover that I haven't heard too many people talk about. We're going to try to come up with, you know, we're trying to think of, you know, ways to think about this that haven't already been beaten to death over the last week. But it's crazy to me is Phil Mickelson is the oldest reigning major champion in golf history. Yeah. And right now, as the, the following season is kicking into gear, he's just not going to be able to be there and he, he's not going to be able to enjoy it like this should be a time in his career where anybody's career if they accomplished what phil did last year they should just be soaking yeah, all of it up and right just into the sunset yeah just just living just living the life so having a blast and like this is I, could you have guessed that anything like this was going to be phil mickelson's reality not, in the days after his pga like win last year because phil has been pretty calculated and so many people came to also Phil's defense. He's the one of the most genuine people on tour, devoting his time, signatures, you know, his foundations, all, all the fundraising he does, stuff like that. My take is, you remember how he went after Tom Watson? Not, not, not too much. No, actually, and, and the Ryder Cup, and as far as the pods, and Phil was basically, I forget what year it was. Maybe 2012 Ryder Cup, but Phil just absolutely hammers Tom Watson after they get their ass kicked for not going to the system that worked in 2008, where Azinger did the pods, right? Hmm. He thought that Tom Watson was kind of being a dictator and now we're going to do this kind of old stool, you know, thinking where the modern thing really worked well with Azinger and the guys in 2008. Play with this, you know, the same core group of players that you're going to be playing with in the matches. Golf balls, that stuff, camaraderie, spend more time with them. And Phil, oh, he overspoke. That that apology, he, he stepped over some lines. That apology was much more sincere to Tom. Because Tom was kind of like, you know, you've got Jack Nicholas, And then as far as Americans, you got Palmer and those guys. But Tom Watson was the guy that kind of dethroned Nicholas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, very big, very big player, especially in U.S. golf. And the guy won five British Opens, Open Championships. So, he's he's very, very he's he, he's a Nick guy. I mean, right? He, he moves the needle. To Tom Watson, is probably one of the ten greatest golfers to ever live. So, for Phil, <laughs> and, and in Phil's eyes, he thinks he's jumping on the grenade for the rest of the young guys, right? He has enough clout. He knows Tom well enough. He's got a big enough voice to make change. And to Phil's credit, now the U.S. Ryder Cup teams have gone back to that and is selecting captains. It's, you know, it's younger guys that are closer to the game, not as far removed. They're not picking guys that are 60, 70 years old. Okay. That 
I kind of assimilates, you know, filled the whole thing. You know, he was mad that, that PGA Tour and their rights, and they're taking like a million dollars from him for the made-for-TV event. So he's tired of watching that money go out the window. I think he almost played like the big brother role thinking, hey, I have enough clout. My sponsors are going to back me, right? Bringing up the Saudi league as leverage to get better percentages for the players. I do believe that Phil is is so calculated. He thought that it would come off better. And I don't think he had any plans to go there. I think he – and he said he just wanted to use this against the PGA Tour for them to loosen their – their TV rights and stuff like that and get more money for the players. I do at the core believe that, but the way he went about it and timing wise couldn't be worse. Yeah. He was kind of thinking that all these guys that are going to be in his position, you know, in the next generation, the Dustin Johnson's, you know, the guys that are multi multi-major champion have won 20 times on tour. The guys that can move the needle as far as appearance fees and, and being the face of the current game. Right. He kind of thought that that would kind of start a get the get the snowball rolling, but it clearly backfired on him. And he just needs to eat like three humble pies because it's not looking good. It's not looking good for him. No, no, it's not. But looking I, good. I believe it was genuine. I, I believe he was trying to make a change so the the players got more money. And from all the stories I've heard about Phil over the years, as you mentioned, like he is he is one of the good guys. I mean. Again, he's he's also a very flawed man, but I mean, shit, who isn't, right? He's been know, through a lot. Like, who, he's who been isn't? through a lot. And, you know, there's there's speculation that, you know, maybe if he were to jump to the Saudi league, that it's because he perhaps has a, you know, a sizable gambling debt that he's, <laughs> you know, trying that to... That rumor's been started before. It, it, it's been started before, but, you know, there, there there's breadcrumbs leading, saying that, like, there probably is a possibility that that could be it. So... Whether or not he was actually going to jump ship, Dot will ever know. I don't know. I don't know if he was actually going to jump ship. I do agree with you in that. I don't know if it was the entire reason that he went about doing what he did, but I certainly do think that he felt like what he was doing was for the betterment of a lot of the guys on tour, not just specifically for Phil Mickelson. Yeah, he. I mean, he had to take that in. A, I mean, he's fifty-one, right? So. Yeah. Well, How and so it, golf it, did he think he, he he he's trying to he's trying to leave a stamp like hey here's what Tiger did for the game, right? And he was in Tiger's shadow the entire time, right? Here's what Phil Mickelson did for the game, you know what what Arnold Palmer did for the game, getting the purses up, and then what Tiger did for the game. I think Phil wanted to do, to do that for the players. Yeah, I think I, I think he honestly did. And it's funny that I, I like too that much you, to a fault. I, I like that you mentioned that you know he felt confident enough in what he was doing the clout that he had that his sponsors would stand behind him so when all this happens um last weekend it's like february 21st i think is when the the statement gets dropped during the the final round of the genesis invitational at riviera um phil doesn't really respond until he issues an apology the following day and if you listen to golf radio golf podcast things like that that were happening sunday night and monday everybody's just like i cannot believe phil did this this is unbelievable like he's got to get suspended like the react the immediate reactions he got he got hammered by the immediate reactions were like a lot of people like i don't know if they can punish him enough for this that that, that was got to remember they keep all that private and and they are in the heat of the moment everybody was quick to be like this guy we'll never know if if dustin johnson was suspended or he did that on his own right the tour doesn't that that's not privy to the public but rory and justin thomas just absolutely they didn't know which is like like you don't have to you don't have to kick the guy when he's down no i like how did did, did you like how he prefaced it by saying i don't want to kick him while he's down yeah but let me yeah kick him in the face (laughs) with his back of his head on the pavement like let's not forget rory you know without him and tiger you ain't signing a 250 million dollar fucking contract no so let's i mean let's just thomas you you got in a little bit of hot water too partner Yep. Let, let, let's not forget about that. So, uh, keep, so I, I would probably ask. I, I, I thought he would have erred a little bit more on the side of forgiveness. So I, keep that in mind. So in the immediate aftermath, everybody is in disbelief. They can't believe it. They think the sanctions that should happen to Phil can't be harsh enough. Yeah. And then in the ensuing days afterwards, you know, all of last week, essentially, the worst case scenario for Phil happens. 
he gets basically all the guys that he thought that maybe he was, you know, looking out for, you know, the Rory's, the Justin Thomases, they come out and they just lay a turd on him. Like Feeding I mean, frenzy. Yeah, it was, and it for was, the guy that, that was there for everything Phil said, Alan Shipnuck to come out and defend him from getting canceled, how, how, that speaks volumes. And then, like he laid a timeline, like he didn't do any harm to anyone but himself. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And and the reason that I bring it up is so. In the moment, everybody is so quick to say what he did was terrible. They can't punish him enough. And then the worst case scenario happens, and I think it sounds to me like you're going to be in agreement with me when I say, you know, given what we found out so far about essentially every single one mm-hmm. of his sponsors dropping him, he's no longer the host of the American Express. I mean, he's, I mean, he's getting it from every angle. Yeah, and I'm, I think this is too harsh. I mean, I, I get what he did was really terrible, harsh. but with, with a little bit of time to let it all process, the only like, one he harmed was himself. And then you've got Jay Monahan going full dictator to a bunch of independent contractors, saying if 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 you if you go play that tour, you're done. It's like what? It's like, dude, these are these are the guys that are putting money in the tours. Like, let's not forget. If you got a bunch of scratch golfers that are going out there and shooting 76 on these course layouts, no one's going to watch, pal. That right? is accurate. And this is, you know, we're coming up maybe a baseball strike. Someone, Jeff Supan, I think from, uh, I don't know who he writes for, but he's a prominent guy. He's always on MLB Network. If you take out all the guys in the major leagues right now and you bring in the lower level guys, the product is going to be absolute shit. If you get rid of all of the owners, current owners right now, and bring in real businessmen who care about things and see things clearly, the league's going to get a fucking ton better. Correct. Right? Yeah, that's correct. So, at some point, if you look at it from a slightly different angle, hey, Jay, don't fucking kick the guys that fucking put the money in your pockets too, pal. Yeah. Like, let's not forget how much Jay Monahan makes, Kyle. Right? Let's not forget about that. Let's not get too power hungry here, Jay. I'm quite confident he makes more than nearly every single player on tour. Well, in terms it's a of fucking lot. I know Fincham made like 25 or 35 mil a year. Yeah, what, what PG? No, maybe, tour... maybe that's Goodell. I don't know if Fincham Good- made that Goodell's much. making about 40 million a year. Yeah, Goodell makes a shit ton. Let's but ju- I know Jay Monahan makes a fuck ton of let's money. Say, let's just say, for example, I, I, I'm not going to look it up here, but just for the sake of art, let's say Jay Monahan makes $5 million a year. It, what, what would be your guess on how many guys on tour are exceeding $5 million in earnings in any given year? On the PGA Tour, 10, uh, 15, 20. I don't, I don't know the number. It's, I, it's, it's right. It's around. definitely not twenty. Yeah, it's, it's right around there now with all these huge payouts. So inflation, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jay, maybe, maybe just pump the brakes a little bit, guy. So, and, and this is this is great because I, it, it feels to me like it's an overreaction in terms of people distancing themselves from Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Like what he did was obviously wrong. You know, you know, in terms of, and and really, to me, the only wrong thing is the fact that he would have left and been supportive of a regime that, as you say, are some scary motherfuckers that well, like have killed people. Like going into business with those people, optionally, you know, ethically, it, you know, yeah, it it, it raises some concerns. But really, other than that, what else did he do that was wrong? He only harmed himself, like I said. And the DP World Tour, guess where they have a lot of their tournaments. overseas oh yeah that's right yeah like well it's a a world tour dude yeah i mean let's like let's not forget that you're kind of tied into them you know six degrees of separation kevin bacon like let you're not totally clean right like you there's other players that are going that's they're players they're independent contractors how many guys there's only going to be like 12 to 14 events a year kyle how many guys on how can he how can he how can he fault the guys on the pga tour to, to play 12, if, you, if they want to do both, split schedule, okay? It's 12 to 14. How can you fault a young guy who can go over there, there's no cuts, and last place gets $92,000? How can you fault a guy for doing that? You know, I think for a lot of people, they it's tough for them to put themselves in these guys' shoes because I think they just see the association with Saudi Arabia and they're like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But... I think if you know if push came to shove and they were in those guys' positions, I think it'd be a lot tougher of a choice than they 
than a lot of these critics claim claim there is. Yeah, Jamie Arnold, his take is 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 bad for me, really bad. And when you know, lifetime ban, it's like what? No, it's crazy. And so I think Phil has been overpunished. I think it's crazy that all the sponsors... not a lifetime ban, but your 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 tour card will be revoked. Yeah. Like, no, I, mean, I, 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 that, I don't dude. know if like I don't know if it's, it's like I, I, I never saw language saying like if you go to the Saudi tour it's a lifetime ban. Not like, a lifetime ban, but you're, you're tour, banned. You're banned. Your tour card is gone. Like you no longer have status on the PGA Again, tour. They're independent contractors. It just seems wild to me. Like they earned it. Dude. You can't take that away from them. <laughs> it's, just, it's like so wild to me. And I, the way that I, I what I really hope doesn't get lost in all this is exactly what you're alluding to in that Phil Mickelson actually had a lot of good points. He and that did. The PGA Tour is a flawed organization that if it actually got some proper management, it was actually run like to where it was getting optimized, yeah. not only would the tour be better for all the players just the way that Phil wants it to, which ultimately is kind of where he's trying to get to, for fans and maybe even for the golfers themselves, yeah. the product would get way better. And you know, there's, They've come a long way. There's a pension plan for the players now. The wives do all these fundraising things. It, the tour has come a long way, but it still has to keep evolving. Like, the percentages have to change. Yeah. Because for a lot of these guys, their shelf life on tour is not like Phil's. No. Okay. There's a lot of guys. Look at Ricky Fowler right now, dude. Look at Ricky Fowler. He's what's there to see? To what's there to see? He, play, he finished 42nd this week, I think. Like, he's – that guy – Shot, I mean, just we're three years removed from him leading, or, uh, you know, or no, was it 2014 or 2015 where he finished like second in every major? Yeah, it was, I mean, or, sure. or top five in every major. I, I still, what am I? It's like, he was, he was there, he was, he was the it guy, right? It looked like, and then Jordan Spieth fell off, but he's back. I mean, sometimes, sometimes mind, their shit quits working. Ricky was playing with Spieth when they were chasing Patrick Reed on Sunday at Augusta just yeah. a, just a few years ago. I mean, it's it's really not we're not that far removed from Ricky being you know one of the serious forces in the world of in the world of golf, and um, it's, it's a fucking hard sport, man. And that's thing, like I said, very few of these guys are ever going to have the shelf life that Phil Mickelson does. They're not signing like we talked about this before. They're not signing ten year contracts. Most of those guys don't ever win, right? They don't ever win, and they go year-to-year contract. You keep your card for one year, not for five, right? And if you haven't won, that doesn't guarantee you uh, future starts as a past champion. Like, it's it's really hard to, to check a guy for going to make money while he can, especially when he's not part of a team or a franchise. Mm-hmm. The fucking guy works for himself. You know what I mean? He's booking his own travel or his wife or his, or his manager, right? They don't have a fucking team guy that books all the travel, like on a baseball team or basketball team or football team. No, dude. Profes- These guys have to worry about fucking everything. Professional golfers. They don't have a team secretary that takes fucking care of everything. Outside of the actual physical exertion of like running and like working up a sweat in the way that you think of with professional sports and guys, you know, yeah. uh, professional golfers work harder and are working more often than pretty much any other professional athlete. And that's just and and that's just like on the court, on the, you know, on the field of play. Like the, when you talk about all the stuff like you're mentioning that yep. they have to do on top of playing, practicing, like being a professional golfer, you know, some, you, people, some people will laugh, but like it's it's a fucking grind. It's hard. you have to keep improving or you will be fucking passed up real quick. Yeah. Like you have to keep improving. Because these kids fucking coming out of college. Like, see, Thigala, like, they're ready to fucking win right fucking now. They're ready to go. They're thirsty. Sad I haven't seen him uh, towards the top of a leaderboard since uh, since the desert. Yeah. He'll be back, though, soon. He'll yeah. be fine. I think he'll be back soon. Um, Yeah, I, I, I wanted to let you know, I did find, uh, so, when Phil's apology came out, I think, do you think that had just as much to do with sponsors dropping him as the actual events themselves? Because the apology letter that he issued was it was very Phil. Is it, admit, is it, I like Phil. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of a tough read. Yeah, it was a little tougher. And uh, the guys at No Laying Up, oh, they they had a great. Uh, just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read you. You've read the tweet, but I'm going to read man, it to you for everybody on here. Man, okay, quote, man, this apology is unreal. Yeah. One blames the journalist. Two apologizes to the quote visionary Saudis, 
Three, claims, quote, best interest in golf, which we're actually saying that in a weird, twisted way, he he may in fact have been feeling that way. Uh, Four, I knew I'd get blamed for this. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) Five, claims to be letting sponsors off the hook. Yeah. Six, claims it's about supporting the players, maybe. And then finally, takes credit for changes already made. Yeah. He's a big voice. Is he? He's a big voice. <laughs> it's I, I don't know how to feel, man, because like when you know, there was always a tiger fit like Yeah. You know, for guys growing up in our generation, I think it's safe to say that I loved them both. You loved them both, but everybody was always liked one more than the other. Yep. And what do you think the split was? Like eighty twenty or ninety ten in favor of Tiger? Yeah, hopefully not that much. Maybe seventy five twenty five. You think okay. So yeah. it's like seventy five twenty five. Where where did you stand on that debate? I I, I was always I, I only recently started really liking tiger after the comeback in 2013 um phil phil was always i just kind of liked his style of play uh, i really liked how he treated the fans kind of like the arnold palmer school of spending time and he, you know he's he's legend legendary for that like not leaving until everyone gets an autograph or a picture mm-hmm. that i really enjoyed now i just he was a gambler on the course dude like he has he ever hit an iron off the tee? <laughs> like, uh, the, the guy carried two drivers in his bag at one point. I mean, come on. In hindsight, like, adult Kyle would love to be more of a Phil Mickelson player than, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously you'd love to be like Tiger, but, like. Guy still puts with a blade. Yeah, Phil, Phil Mickelson's style of golf just feels yeah. more fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I was always in the team team Tiger. Like, I, Tiger was my guy. But I think for, I mean, I was nine years old when tiger won his first major yeah so i'm at my the most impressionable point of my entire life right as he's beginning to apex Mm -hmm. you know so like and and not to say that phil wasn't but i was always in team tiger but it's a lot of i have a bunch of buddies that are on team phil they're they're texting me as this was all going on and i was like that debate is looking tough for you right now it might have been the leap after the lip in in 2004 (laughs) that might have really been like you know what this i this this is my guy this is my Oh, by the way, I, I before we move on from the the Phil stuff, we we got to touch on Greg Norman, yeah, taking a huge. Uh, there, there was a uh, a really overworked Twitter joke who thinks that was, he still has a voice. The, well, the overworked Twitter joke that was going on golf Twitter on Sunday, as all Bryson and Dustin Johnson are committing to the PGA Tour, and seemingly the Saudi Golf League is just crumbling, yeah. like right there in front of us as we're watching golf in LA on Sunday, and uh, you know a lot a lot of. Never thought I'd see the day of Greg Norman just suffering a fat L on a Sunday. It, I, I thought I think I saw that joke get made by twenty five different people on on the social media channels. Yeah, it's not been good. It's I, it's not it's not been good for Greg. I do I, I do want to share. Uh, Greg Norman, you know, after Jay Monahan reiterating that he's going to ban yeah you know players that uh, that leave for the Saudi Golf League. Greg Norman penned the commissioner of the PGA Tour a letter, and the first sentence of his of his letter is, I shit you not, commissioner, surely you jest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this guy is amazing. Shark. <laughs> this guy, Shark. This guy is just fucking amazing. I just had, yeah, I had to make sure I mentioned that. Um, sadly, a lot of this kind of overshadowed what turned out to be a really awesome golf tournament down at Riviera. Walking uh, Neiman, wire to wire, you know, one of the youngest, the youngest winner of that tournament in like 50 years, 63-63 yeah. to open. I mean, what do you, what, text, what do you think, I, of, what do you I, think I, about Walking Neiman? I, that was a great performance. Um, I texted JJ, uh, Collins Caddy, and I go, dude, middle of that back nine, I thought you might just get away with the ultimate heist. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he was like, I know, dude, we were humming there for a while. <laughs> um, but, crazy that's like one of those elevated tournaments it's like 2.1 to the winner yeah it's a nice payday yeah, <laughs> jj's I mean, like fuck <laughs> i just I, he, colin's got over a mill so jj's still cooking but well so my, my question to you is colin morikawa misses what was that like a nine foot birdie putt on 18 yeah. to basically get it to within one of walking neiman if 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 he would have hooped it Joaquin if he if he hoops 18. it he would have had to par and walking did par 18 so if, if everything stays the same with him but if he looks up at the leaderboard and he knows he has to par, it's a little tighter. Do you think he still gets it done? I mean, isn't that kind of the same thing that happened to Max Homa last year? He, did, he didn't miss many shots. 
He's good, man. When he's on, he's on. I like his golf swing a lot. It's it's his golf swing. That's yeah. for sure. It's fun to watch. You want to talk about an old school shoulder dip? <laughs> but he, yeah, he's. I'm a, I'm, you, a, I'm, you, a I'm a big dipper myself. When so you I'm hear big. the guys talking about using the ground, he uses all of the ground. So what what exactly does that mean when you say using the ground? Just like energy into it, energy out, legs, and then up and out, and you know, you see Justin Thomas like. There's almost a point in the in this fall through like both his feet are off the ground. Yeah, that's nuts. Like he's literally fucking jump. He's he's jump hitting. As an instructor, would you ever teach that? Fuck no. <laughs> but I'm not teaching Justin Thomas types. Sure, I guess that. Yeah, I mean, we see him hit some really bad misses, but when he Justin Thomas is, and he knows for him length is a is a fucking big help. All those guys have found out the length is like those guys are fucking lashing at it. Mm-hmm. It's that's the that's the new game. It's you got to be able to. And Patrick Reed has lost like twenty yards, and he's not really fucking really doing it anymore. He's averaging like two eighty two eighty off the tee. Yeah, well, it, uh, something else I got mentioned, uh, and th- this is another one of those headlines that probably should have been covered a lot more, but with all the Phil stuff, it kind of yeah. got you know put on the back burner. Is Tiger Woods, uh, you know, did a sit-down interview with Jim Nance and Nick Faldo on Saturday of the Genesis Invitational, I believe, and he made some comments about needing to increase the spin on the golf ball and get these get kind of like dial the distance back a little bit. I know that we're, you know, there should be another update from the USGA on the distance report and what they might be doing to combat this uh, war on distance that's happening. Which I I personally think, at least for the professionals only, makes a lot of sense. Excuse me. Well, it's just, I mean, you're looking at golf courses like, who thought that fucking those scores would be shot at Riviera? Right? I mean, that's that's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's it, it's not. So I, all these golf courses are basically outdated. And you can only make golf, or, uh, golf courses well, so long. And not only yeah, they're outdated. Like So now most of the best venues that they play on tour are becoming obsolete. And those venues are, dare I say, like the, those are more iconic than the players themselves. Yeah. And like that's that's kind of what golf's about. A lot more history, yeah. Yeah, so you gotta, I mean, you gotta preserve those. So you gotta do whatever you gotta do to make sure you can keep playing big tournaments. Baseball at fields these can move fences. It's tough for because it it, I think someone brought it up like they're not playing the course the way the designer had wanted them to play. No, the course. no, not even close. I mean, the way that those guys are playing ten at Riviera now, yeah, where they're all just nuking driver out to that like little left shoulder left of the green to have it like you know. Some of them are fine if they're flopping it over the tree. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have too many thoughts on this, but would you agree that increasing the spin on the golf ball, like Tiger had mentioned, would be the best way way to to do this for the pros as opposed to some other kind of method of dialing things back a little bit? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Technology wise, make every course play like U.S. Open. <laughs> I fucking bake them out and grow the rough up. I I'm sure we've covered this in the podcast before. So for anybody that's you know like dude, you say it, you've said this, but I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. gonna say it again. I do you think that bifurcating the professional and amateur game is something that they should consider having like a difference? Not. Sep- I guess, I guess a different set of rules when it comes to equipment for professional events as opposed to any amateur. Well, I would, I, I would, I would say for like at the high level amateur stuff, they're 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 playing exactly like the pros are because the most likely they're going to be in the pro within a year or two. Okay. Club events where you're factoring in 15 handicappers and sometimes like 25 handicappers, sell them a ball that helps them one. Not walk away from the golf course fucking feeling like a piece of shit. Two, speeds up pace of play because they're not fucking chasing everywhere. Right. A, a more forgiving ball. To, to to I I could I could get behind that. You're always gonna get the guys thinking they're better than they are going. Oh, I'm gonna play this ball, right? Mm-hmm. It's th- that's the, that's the problem with the argument, right? So it's I mean it's yeah. I had never considered this before, but I think you actually have, have hit the nail on the head here. So, like for example. In baseball, the bifurcation happens between the highest levels of amateur baseball, college baseball, and the pros, where they switch from the metal bat to the exactly. wood bat, right? Yep. 
for golf, it wouldn't actually be quite just amateur to pro because so many of the high-level amateur events are very, very similar in terms of, like, you know, what's and, going on in the pro game. And run by signor, uh, similar organizations that run pro championships. Right. So maybe the the line where, you know, the rules would change would simply be anything involving a, net. A championship. And, and, any, yeah. any, any net event where handicaps are used yeah. that, you know – the, the could, normal rules yeah. for us, and then that, anything, that would make it. That would make it more. Cl- that would be some clarity. Yeah, and, and anything that is, you know, where there's no, you know, no strokes given anywhere. It's all just straight play. Like that's that's where the, the pro, you know, rules would set in. Yeah. I, I wonder if just a golf ball, like just increasing a spin on the golf ball that the pros use, would have a big enough effect where it would cure, kind of what these people are talking about and making a lot of these golf courses obsolete. You're not in your head right now. You think that would probably get the job done? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's all they talk about, really. Is it selfishly, for me as a viewer, the one thing, the other thing that I would love to see, and I know this will never happen, yeah. but hey, it's it's a fucking podcast where I'm talking to my buddy in my office. Yeah. Like, you know, who gives a shit? I'm just, just going to fucking say it. it I want to see size limits on club heads for pros, specifically the driver. If they dialed it back to like 360, that'd be cool. No, I want it like 180. Oh god! I want I want like persimmon-sized woods. Oh, you know, for like, like the original Warbird. But I mean, the, you can use the new technology. It's just that, and this article that I read by Andy Johnson on the Friday a few years back really sticks with me. I know, actually, know we talked about this exact article article because I think I was doing this podcast when I was on vacation overseas. But essentially, how you know when we were kids and everything before that, so all the way up until like the 90s. The longer the club was in your bag, more or less the more challenging that club was to hit. And where the driver was, for a lot of people, the most challenging and difficult club to hit in your entire golf bag. And that's why you'd have to think a little bit before you hit it. Where it's now become the inverse, where the driver is now the most forgiving club in your bag. And it's not really that close. And it's changed the calculus of how people play golf because now there's no risk to hit the club that goes the farthest as opposed to everything else. So. My question that I'm thinking about is, yes, I know the spin on the golf ball would change, you know, how these courses play, but it still doesn't bring back the actual proper, you know, strategy behind golf and that you have to be willing to accept a bigger consequence the farther you want to hit the ball. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, God, is there just any way they could put restrictions on the club heads to make it so it's just a harder club to hit? It's still going to, you know, still go just as far if you catch it on the screws. Yeah. Right? But, like, it, just way oh, way less forgiving. Yes, exactly. And the cuts the cuts don't react like a draw. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Is that when that, you cut a per, I mean when you cut a persimmon it goes fucking nowhere. I, you know, unless unless you're fucking Nicholas, right? But I I mean my dad made me play a persimmon headed driver until I could break eighty five from the blues. Once I did that, it's like okay, you you've learned how to value the fairway. You've hopefully learned how to try and hit it both ways. You've learned how to think about where you want to be coming in from. Because hitting that, I remember hitting that thing, a fucking steel shaft. Fucking hard. Like, it was frustrating. Yeah, I'll bet. You really had to work at it. You really had to fucking figure it out. So, I'm with you. I think the the, the less forgiving thing would be cool to see. Back in the day, I mean, I wish there was camera angles, this technology video-wise. Because... There probably some footage of Corey Pavin necking one like 194. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's I mean, that would be that would be cool. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, and again, I, I know that's probably never going to happen. Although this is just one of those things that, as the commissioner of golf, Jay Monahan should be exploring. And that's the thing. Like, that's part of the reason why I think that a lot of people have Looking issues with the PGA with the, Tour, the, the live sports betting and stuff like that. They got to keep evolving, thinking, try things out. It, does, new, it doesn't seem for, like new it, formats. It doesn't seem cup. like the PGA Tour is doing that again. I, I'm just going to go down like the laundry list of all things I want to see from the PGA yeah. Tour. That that equipment rollback specifically with like the less forgiving woods would be right at the top of the list for me. But two, and again, I'm I, I apologize so that, to you so that, and everybody I'm gonna go, else. I'm going to go devil's advocate. Okay, here. please. So that's like bringing it back to more of a game than a sport, right? Because if it, if it's if it is legitimately a sport, then the better athlete is going to prevail. Sure, he's going to be stronger. Yeah, he's going to be more flexible. Yeah. Okay. Bringing it back to the point 
where it's more of a skill game, where you got guys like fucking Corey Pavin and fucking Tom Kite winning majors, right? Is that what we want? Yes. Uh, it's so, what I it's what I want. So that's exactly. You're you're kind of dialing back the sport part of it and making more of its skill. Do you think golf is more fun to watch? If there's a happy medium somewhere in there, then I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. Do you think golf is more fun as a sport or as a game? There's money in TV. The TV money is massive. So money doesn't lie. People like seeing people fucking absolutely bomb the fuck out of it. See, that's my thing. Like, do they though? I think they do. Do people actually like? Is that what people are tuning in for? Like, yo, I want to go watch these guys. They want to smash three hundred and thirty yard. They want to. They they want to see fucking birdies, and eagles. They want to guys. I mean, the, the modern golf swing is fucking Bryson DeChambeau. That whole spectacle at fucking Bay Hill last year, where he's fist pumping in the air after that. <laughs> people are fucking tuning in. You gonna pick up one of those NFTs that he's got selling no. of that? That no, 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 not into it. No, I. I, I don't know. I, maybe I don't represent the majority of golf fans for the for the non-major weeks. Yeah, I think that's that's what's getting a lot of people to tune in. Man, that's just so totally opposite of how I feel. Which yeah. is, you know, again, maybe I'm just not connected with the people. I don't know. I I don't. Yeah, I just I I don't. I, I know a lot. A lot of my buddies aren't going. God damn! Did you see fucking what's his name? Hit 15 fucking greens today. They don't <laughs> care about that. I do. Yeah. Oh, but th- th- here's the thing. What I, I want to see traditional. I want to see guys hoop putts like to me like a guy making a 25 footer is a thousand times more exciting than somebody hitting a 330 all right drive. so let's look at the putter everyone putts with a fucking blade i love that i love that that's that's a great idea you want to talk you want to talk forgiveness was was it. anybody using a mallet like putter in golf 30 40 years ago did a mallet putter in golf even exist like 40 years ago i mean what you're looking at like the the zebras i know were like some of the first ones zebras to come and the rossi you know what I mean? I, I, and I, I don't know when those came out, but yeah. those are those are like early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. Can you imagine just how many strokes Jordan Spieth would gain on the field? Because he's already, he's already putting with you know. <laughs> he doesn't use an answer, does he? No, Scotty Cameron. Is it Scotty Cameron? Yeah, I mean, the guys that are great, but that's it. The guys who are great putters. I want them to putt better than everybody else. The guys who are great ball strikers, I want them. I want that to matter. Like when I see somebody put a ball to 15 feet from, you know, a hundred, you know, 230 yards out with a four iron, that's a lot more exciting than somebody hitting so a you, wedge to you five wanna, feet. You you really miss Brad Faxon just like oh big time, just hitting snap draws off the tee, big time, gouging it out of the rough. Yes. Hitting a oh. wedge to 12 feet and just hooping every one of them. Fucking give it to me all so day. I'm going to get you a shirt that says bring Brad Faxon back. I love it. I'm, I'm fucking down with that. That sounds <laughs> amazing. I mean, and here, here's the thing. Tiger was the best of both worlds, I guess, because Tiger could hit the piss out of the golf ball. He was. But Tiger was also doing all those other things that I like. First player that was he's hitting that amazing much, recovery shots everywhere. That you know. much better than everyone at every aspect of the game. Find yeah. me a putt that Tyler, Ty, Tiger Woods missed that he had to make. Exactly. And to me, like, when I'm thinking of great Tiger moments. And I'm excluding his Ryder Cup record. When, when I'm thinking of great Tiger moments, <laughs> very few drives come to mind as opposed to putts made, chips around the green. Moving the boulder. You, moving the boulder. You know what I mean? Like, the, Tiger Woods, you know, even though he was a better driver of the golf ball than anybody else. Other than like when he you know put it on the green, was it on the tenth hole against Stephen Ames when he beat him like ten and eight or whatever it was like that was that, I've seen that one so many times like that that's a drive good. that I remember of Tiger, but like otherwise like there's not that many drives that Tiger Woods hit that stand out when that I'm thinking good. of like the high points of his career. Um, so anyway, we, we got went off on a little tangent there real quick, but you yeah. know, hey, good, good, it's what we do. Um, any thoughts on this past weekend's Honda Classic? I know we want to touch a little bit on uh, Mr. Kitayama, so I'm going to give you the floor here. Uh, well, let's talk about Ste- uh, Step Sep Straka first. First Austrian winner in PGA Tour history. Very cool. Uh, Georgia Bulldog saw Keith Mitchell and a bunch of his teammates waiting for him afterwards. Keith Mitchell, another top ten this week. Keith Mitchell, uh, yeah. Crunchy Pete's got to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Crunchy Pete. Uh, both those – it's pouring in their finish on 18. Kitayama and Sep both just hit – Long irons in a just absolute torrential downpour. 
right to the middle of the green from 35, 40 feet, both hit them to like a foot, tap in birdie. You get Lowry almost whiffing it on the tee. Berger rinsing one that put another a ton more money in Kitayama's pocket who finished solo third. He'd missed like a ton of cuts in a row. His best finish was 17th. It's his first year with a you know full full status. $552,000 goes a long way for the confidence. That does feel good. We're talking about Chico native Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama from Chico, California. Butte Creek Country Club. You know, it's uh, what what did you think about Kurt kind of just standing in the fairway over his approach shot? He and basically kept, just he wait, kept looking over. He waiting was waiting for, the, waiting for the officials to waiting, force him to hit a shot, or put, waiting or for put the a official to force his hand. And he's looking over at Sep. Sep didn't want to hit either. He didn't want. So he's looking at the official, going back and forth between Sep and the official, and you see the official go like, "Proceed." And, or, you, know, <laughs> you can tell that's what he did to Kitayama. And Kitayama turns to Sep. He goes. Ah, he's making me hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but those guys stepped up and hit it right in the middle of the green. They made that they made that part five look easy. Dude, that timing and was they, incredible. Those guys, those guys bomb it. Because those guys got to hit their tee shots in no rain yeah. with a little bit of a downwind. And by get the time green, Shane Lowry and Dan Berger got there behind him. Get that it, green a little softer. Ooh, and, and that's the crazy thing. is like, so Kirk Kitayama's waiting. Yeah. You know, to hit it like until he's kind of waiting to get his hand forced. Guys are getting sweated out back on the tee. Fucking Shane Lowry and Berger back on the tee, and then you're like, we haven't even got to hit a shot. Like, yeah. what happened to the downwind and no rain that was here yeah. like five minutes ago that these guys yeah. got to have off the tee? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. There was, it was, who was looking at it? Um, Do you think they should have paused that tournament? No. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> We're in agreement. That's the, I mean, that's golf. Uh, on 17 green, Berger, like, just like looked up to this guy, like, Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems uh, it's kind of a wild finish, um, but very, very happy to see your Mr. Chico, Kurt Kudiyama. Oh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think people were doing at Butte Creek Country Club last night? What, how, how many drinks were had in the bar at Butte Creek? I imagine quite a few. Absolutely. If I was still a member there, I'd, I'd have been there all night. Former member. Uh, uh, we're going. We're going on next Monday, Kyle. Chico High School Invitational. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. God, I love it. Okay, hold on. I actually want to ask you a couple things about high school golf. Two little nuggets concerning the professional game real quick, yep. and, then, and then I want to talk high school golf with you for a little bit here. Okay. Um, Zach Johnson was named Ryder Cup captain since we did our, our podcast last. You, you, you cool with Zach Johnson leading the, the Ryder Cup team in Rome? Tough not to be. Okay, good. Uh, he also has said that he's not sure what, if any, role Phil Mickelson will have with the the Ryder Cup team. I, I that that's going to be the popular take right now. I'll bet that changes. Hopefully, I'll bet that changes. Hopefully, I, Phil eats a couple of those pies we mentioned of the humble variety and <laughs> gets things back on the tracks. That would be ideal. Yeah. Yes, I thought that would be very ideal. And then finally, um, uh, coming up here in the next few months, I just thought this was kind of a cool that uh, Los Angeles is going to be hosting back-to-back LPGA Tour events. The first one, the LA Open at uh, Wilshire that they've done the last few years, and then now they're going to be playing a tournament the following week at Lakeside Country Club, Sweet. which I've never been to, but I understand it looks awesome. Never been there, but it's all, like when you see in the pro-ams, a lot of the LA celebrities are members at Lakeside. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that's very cool. So for you know for people that live in the Los Angeles area, huge treat, and I believe they're giving You're free welcome. tickets out to all healthcare. And certain, you know, basically, you know, anybody as they should that had one of those real tough jobs the last yep. couple of years, go watch some free golf. That's Enjoy fantastic. Yourself. Good on the LPJ. Uh, okay, sounds like that, that that commissioner's got it figured out. You know, they, they you know, it's funny because Mike Juan is now with the USGA. You know, taking Mike Davis' spot. I, I actually, off the top of my head, I don't even know who the LPJ Tour commissioner is at the moment. Knew it once, have forgotten. Okay, great. Look at us, prepared yep. podcast host. It's not Ty Vota, is it? I don't know. Um. All right, high school golf. You said you guys are heading to Butte Creek yep. for. The big tournament next oh, yeah. week. Stoked. The last time we talked to you, uh, guys were showing up for not tryouts, but sign-ups and things like that. High, high school season is in full swing. Do Do you think the next Justin Thomas is under your tutelage right now? Hard no. Maybe may, maybe somebody who gets a tour card one day, but just not a Justin Thomas. Hard no. <laughs> okay. It's a PE class. I correct people. I'm the... <laughs> most poorly paid PE teacher <laughs> in the state of California. So what's uh, what, 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 they're my what, little urban underachievers? Well, I, I would say it's like I'm assuming you have a couple guys that played for you last, in, in, you know, previously. I, it's no, it's it's just not. 
it's a, it, I'm getting them green. I'm getting them as as true beginners. You, in a way, though, you got to kind of like that, though, huh? Yeah, no, not from a competitive standpoint. Not from a competitive standpoint, no, obviously. But you know, it, it's I, I am literally showing kids how to hold 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 the club. Um, it's not, and, and I don't cut. So part of that is me for not cutting kids, right? Mm-hmm. But Bob uh, Borowitz at Ben Valley has always told me, don't turn anyone away that wants to be there. And I've always been like, all right, that's really awesome of you but i wish you'd be like i can only give you three tea times a day that way i could and who knows maybe if i cut a kid like the michael jordan in high school story you know you get cut from your freshman year of high school you come back and you do what you do maybe it could be like that but i i've i'm such a sap um and a couple of the kids that have been absolutely fucking horrible casey hughes who i'd like to bring up uh you guy couldn't break nine uh he couldn't break 60 for nine holes and he was one of those kids and his buddy Tanner Schultz. That was literally like a tea time. That was a big year for us. Like we had 24 kids. Mm-hmm. And I literally told them, okay, guys, you got to show me that you want to do this. Show up every Tuesday and Thursday. I'll get you a bucket of balls. I'll work with you on the putting green. I'll spend very limited time as much as I can. But then I got to get back on the course and coach my kids that are going to play in the tournaments. And to their credit, they basically said, well, fuck you. And they showed up every day. And that was all I needed to see. And then uh, Casey Hughes ends up walking on the Sonoma State team and is like a plus three now. Stud. So there's, you know, if Bob's going to let me have the time, and I'm, this is what I'm there for, is to, I, I keep telling it, even if I don't have teams like we did in the past, I'm teaching a kid the fucking game of, the game of golf for fucking free. And I got news for you, Kyle. If they're at the golf course – they ain't fucking doing stupid shit with their friends, right? They ain't getting in trouble. Unless it's at the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully not. I did a lot of stupid shit at the golf course when I was growing up, so I can't, can't totally rule that one out. Mostly when we were employees. Yeah, yeah exactly. Most, mostly as employees. Not so much as when we were yeah, playing, but yeah, when we were that, employees. That's a fair point. Yeah. Running carts into trees, playing catch and stuff like fair that. Fair point. But, yeah, no, it's – it's, and, and for the most part, they're really good kids, and I, I, I'm trying to challenge them. Mm-hmm. Like – I saw a couple kids there on Saturday and Sunday. One kid, William Clemente, who's just got he. This is you would love this kid. The most polite kid says he's like excited to see you and say hello. Goes out of his way to say, "Hey, coach, how you doing?" You know, but spends. I think he probably spent like three or four hours combined on the putting green this weekend between Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. So the kids like that make it worth it. And overall, and I've supposedly got a ton of kids coming out from soccer. I had, uh, you know, one, a sophomore uh, for basketball player come out. He came out today and, you know, their, their season just ended last week. Okay. So he came out today and he's like, yeah, so what do I need to do? I was like, just tell Haskins to, to add, add golf to your, uh, you know, your clearance online. You'll be good to go. I'm like, you have clubs, right? He's like, yeah, I got clubs. Some kids, some kids show up and they don't have clubs. So I'm scrounging, scrounging together my old sets. Uh, Mike Scaleri's donating shoes that don't fit him that he, he bought and they're too narrow. He's like, hey, find a couple of kids that wear size 12. I mean, it's so, but for the most part, they are good kids. And it's, I just hope that I do enough to get them interested to maybe pursue yeah, improving. Absolutely. Um, attention spans are a problem. But my whole thing is if, if they're the, if they're at the golf course and I'm supervising them, they're not doing stupid shit with their friends. That's that's the big takeaway. Where do you stand on cell phone use at practice? Yeah, no, they're in the bag. If I see a cell phone on the course, they're they're it's not good. Um Yeah, and we're we're talking a lot more than you just golf out there. We're teaching Oh yeah. You know, we're explaining accountability and honesty and how to treat people and be a good friend and obviously the etiquette the rules so maybe down the road they fucking absolutely nail their on-course interview that's like my thing getting these kids ready to nail an on-course interview because as you know that does happen that happens a lot yep yeah especially for playing a lot of golf yep yeah well that's great so do you think a lot of other high school coaches around here and you know around everywhere are kind of experiencing something similar to what you are with your team where the majority of it's you know it's gonna come and it's gonna come in waves right um maria creo has a really good team right now but that's the younger 
probably more affluent Rincon Valley mm-hmm. um, area. And, uh, you know, Carl Newman's always really good. You, it's tough to, you're, gonna, you're not really going to find a private school that has a bad golf team. I think we can both agree on that. That's, that's just, that's just what the parents do, how they're brought up. That goes hand in hand. I have numbers, strength in numbers. There's a lot. And like I said, you so, have the Golden State Warriors of high school golf teams. Yeah. We, so I got 20 out right now, and I think I have seven more. Wow. Seven or eight more coming from soccer. It's a lot. They're signed up. We'll see how many stick around. But that's a it's it's a it's a, it's a massive humanity. When we get the full full crew out there in the putting green, it's alarming. It's really hard to only take up. And obviously, we're not dominating the putting green. We're trying to take up two three holes of max. But when you got twenty seven kids on the putting green, that's when you got to start going uh, in waves. Okay, you're going to the range. You're going to putt. You're going to go play 10, 11, 12. Kind of this whole almost like baseball station rotation dude right? that is a lot so, to uh that's a lot to manage at one yeah, time it's, it's a lot but the, the the kids are overwhelmingly really good kids good so it's okay. that's that that's it's a great place to start it seems like oh for sure um high like you know in terms of the 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 ones and the twos and things like that you're yeah. saying that you know there are teams in the league you know the private schools the you know that they've got you know of their top six guys mm-hmm. how many of them are single digit handicappers um, maybe three or four for the good teams. At the t- and, and at the top, it's pretty good. And and pretty good. And then probably your your four, five, six are guys that are somewhere in between like ten to like fourteen. I think the top players. There's been a dip of top players. I think the top five or six players in the league are hopefully, weather permitting, going to be around par. Okay. And it's always you know you throw in Fountain Grove and so it's. It's going to be skewed a little bit, but they should eat up Windsor in the Country Club and Bennett Valley. It's it's good to have some really good players at the top again because we haven't had that for a little while. Yeah, which which is great. Yeah, man, high school golf is so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a it's great to get them kind of exposed to it yeah. as early as possible. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, um, any other high school golf uh, tidbits uh, that are worth sharing before we move yeah. on? Just looking forward to get back to your old place, Butte Creek. I love that course. I'm really excited to now. Are, are we doing the whole thing? We're heading up to the Diamond for a night, or what so? Uh, called in, called in a, a favor. Uh, Greg Marsky played after me up there, and he actually married uh, Katie Leong, who's Katie Marsky now, and she she played on the women's team when I was there, mm-hmm. and she's regional director of sales for uh, Oxford Suites. So I just dropped a hey, is you got a friends and family code for me and. They filed back with a, a very pleasant rate that saved the program a lot of money. So awesome, Katie, uh, Katie Marsky, Greg Marsky, thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll see you Sunday. Well, for anybody visiting the fine Oxford metropolis Suites. of Beautiful. Chico, hey man, I mean, can you th- think of the dining options that you have within a within Staple, a fifty and, and yard and walk of like, the front door? And it seems like there's always there's a meal for every every part of the day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you walk over there. I hop for breakfast. Well, in and out. For Oxford Suites, free breakfast buffet. Don't even and need. It is not. Don't even need. IHOP. It's not like it's not like microwaved bacon and eggs. Okay, the spread is phenomenal. Look at this. Oxford Suites getting big. Phenomenal. Big. And it looks like the they podcast. redid their redid their rooms. Place looks immaculate. Man, I miss Chico. I'm. I'm, I'm Honestly, jealous. I miss the value of Chico. I'm, and I'm the honestly jealous that you're going to Chico next it's week. It's my favorite trip. I mean, you know, and Woodstock's moved. They're down the street a little further. I have been to the new location. So it, that's a fantastic location. It's a great spot. Uh, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna do the bear. We're gonna we're gonna circle everything up. We'll do the trip. For anybody listening to this podcast that hasn't been to Chico, California, first yeah. of all, where have you been? Yeah. Second, <laughs> like get up there, man. What what a, what a, what a lovely oasis it is up there. Gosh, I love Chico. Very underrated town. Oh, it's just so 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 lovely up there, especially when school's in session. Oh God, it's just the best. Um, all right, uh, real quick. Uh, we were going to talk about stuff with BV, but I, there's not really there's not really it's anything a, to touch about. It's a about. dead horse. The RFP comes out for uh, you know proposal uh, tomorrow. That it's the terms are laughable. I, I don't uh, I don't expect anyone to uh, put in a bid under those terms. I expect a lot of people to write their own proposal and shove that down uh, the city's a, throat. A Phil Mickelson Saudi golf arrangement, if you will. <laughs> yeah, a lot of leverage. Uh, but hopefully. I honestly, I'm to the point now where I don't think I'm going to be attached to the uh, next operator. 
I, I, I just want it to get done, and I want someone reputable to come in for the sake of the golfers. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're the one that built the clubhouse and the new, and the, and the new pro shop. Yes, they did. So I hope that the longtime golfers get what they fucking deserve. That would be delightful, wouldn't it? Yes. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, when uh, whenever there is news worth sharing, you yeah. Know, whenever the next, you know, whenever the podcast is following that, we will be on it. Yeah, very, very on it uh, regarding Ben Valley. Um, otherwise, man, I don't really have uh, I don't really have a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, you got yeah. any tales for the golf shot? Any any crazy stuff going on Ooh. lately? Yeah, I mean, we've been so you know high school season. I I I have the privilege of the uh, closing shift on Saturday and Sunday. Which let me tell you. Closing on Sunday is one thing, but when you when you go the Saturday Sunday exacta, <laughs> not good for the mental health. Really not good for the mental health. So, the best way I can describe it now is, it's a tailgate party in a golf cart. Saturdays, huh? And Sundays, I mean it is. They get they get their cart assignment and. Rules are thrown out the window. Really? It's like no per- rules. Oh, it's wow. It's what a hey, time. You got to have the cart back by then, and they're just like, uh huh, uh huh. It's that thing where like they're going, yeah, sure, but they're shaking their head like this. It's they, yeah. It's a tailgate party. That's you, how, that's how they're got, recreating. You guys got to get those new those new carts that have the GPSs that at a certain time they just start just auto like, driving wow. back to the auto driving back to the golf shop. Yeah, that would be that would be almost be as irrational as the hundred thousand dollar purchase of two new mowers <laughs> that the city of Santa Rosa used from the capital improvement fee. I kind of like that circle. So we're gonna spend a hundred thousand dollars of the money you that the golfer's been giving us. We're gonna do that, and then the next operator is probably gonna be able to use those mowers. Although it says the new operator is gonna provide their own equipment, and then in turn the new operator is gonna raise the fee. So it's a it's a nice circular kind of f you to the golfers what's well, a nice <laughs> oh boy yeah, yeah it's, it's just not yeah, yeah we're, we're talking a little before the podcast just so, not a yeah. lot, lot of confusing elements happening in the whole the saga of our of our it's beloved golf home it's tough uh yeah yeah it is a tough scene when <laughs> so i was all right i'll, I'll get that yeah. uh the save Benavelli golf course page was starting to censor some of my questions the golfers are asking me, like, why are we still paying the capital improvement fund, fund if we don't know what we're going to do with the golf course, right? Fair question to ask. Fair question. That that gets not allowed. Uh, and then I go, well, why now? Does anyone know why now we're, we're purchasing two $50,000 motors when the lease agreement is up in four months and it says that the city is going to make the next operator provide their own equipment? Like, why? Now, that's a very valid question. I would, so, I would agree. I it, it didn't get allowed, so I forced their hand by posting the question on my own Facebook page, which I knew would draw attention. And five hours later, my original question was allowed on Save Benavale, Save Benavale Golf Course. Oh, that's page. nice of them. Nice Great. to be transparent. Very transparent. So okay. uh, there was, uh, yeah, people going, well, you know, you shouldn't have posted the thread without knowing the facts, and. You're not I, very I, you're not very well connected I'm, to this I'm, stuff. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not I'm not tuned in at all. I don't think. Yeah, you, you, I don't I don't I don't hear. From I'd appreciate the horses. it if you wouldn't speak out of turn yeah. quite so often. That would be <laughs> helpful for all of us. I, I don't I don't hear it directly from the horse's mouth as far as demands and, and and communication. And I I could have blown the top off the whole thing very easily, but I just said enlighten me. And he didn't. Because I think <laughs> his, and it's just fun because the person that posted it works for the city of Santa Rosa in the department. And I, I, I would like to believe that his bosses absolutely chewed his head off and said, this is the one guy that you do not want to engage with <laughs> as far as things that we maybe haven't done or said. This might not be advisable. This, this might not be advisable. <laughs> This is really funny that he said facts. Greg really fucking yeah. stepped in it, didn't when, he? When, yeah. when I and I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not, but I think he probably found out my position and knowledge of the situation. And it's just like and, cho- it. and chose to leave it alone. Damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it's. I hope, like I said, 
I hope it gets sorted out for the golfers because too, they man. deserve it. I agree. That's, that's all that I care about. I don't care about who runs it. I just need it to be run. So it's not going to be run Santa as well. Santa Rosa just needs to have its only municipal golf course. It's, that's it's all. there for the golfers. It's there for the golfers. That's all I care about because the, I, I know and you know. The people in the city who like to recreate with Thousands golf, of people that absolutely overuse and adore that golf course. Yeah. It's they need to do the right thing by the golfers. Well said. Yeah. Good note to end on. Yeah. Perfect. Well, with that being said, it's, it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Hey, back in the saddle feels good. Back in the saddle. It feels nice. And uh, we'll be back soon. Yeah. But so uh, until that time, though, everybody, enjoy this good weather. Yes. Enjoy this good in. weather. You know, make good use of it. Get out to the golf course if yep. you can. Uh, I'm I'm excited to hear about how your guys do at Peepy Country Club. I, I'm, exci- I'm, I'm, I'm exci- elated. I'm excited for them. It's, you know, these poor seniors have had it. They've they've had the bad end of the this the deal with COVID and everything. So th- that's kind of my whole thing. I'm going to make sure that this season and every trip and every car ride and every meal is a is we're a doing blast. it. They're, they're going to we're we're not going to we're not going to hold back. Good on you, coach. Yeah, you bet. Awesome, man. All right. Well, until next time, everybody. Adios. Be well. Partner, be well.